Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Damien. And I'm Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we can go for a more just society. We want Interdependent Study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. Uh, And speaking of learning with one another, Mm -hmm. Aaron, you're up this week. What have you brought to the table today? Well... Um, it's the well for me (laughs) as we as we spoke about in our last episode per my last email go on (laughs) um, i'm bringing parts three and four of the documentary series exterminate all the brutes by raul peck yes uh so these two parts are called killing at a distance or how i thoroughly enjoyed the outing Mm -hmm. uh, and the bright colors of fascism yes Uh, and these two parts were uh i mean the whole thing is really heavy um but I think these two parts maybe are, 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 the, are the heavier of the four. Yeah, I would um, agree. <laughs> so the the they track the ways that Western industry and invention of weapons expanded the ability of colonial powers to really kill indiscriminately. He walks through some of the the history of the development of weaponry from automatic weapons and, and guns. Um, used by individual soldiers, um, whether handheld or sort of mounted on something, um, to the atomic bomb, um, and how those weapons were used to obliterate enemies while also engaging in uh, something called total war, uh, where everyone is considered an enemy um, and therefore um, eligible to be a target. Um, Right. So that's kind of part three. Yeah. And then part four really draws these very clear parallels between U.S. enslavement and genocide of the uh, Native American people to um, the Holocaust. Um, And while while tying in some other uh, genocidal moments of colonialism as well uh, into that history. So there's a lot here. There's a lot of violence here. It's it's very... um, No, it's it's difficult to watch. Yes, absolutely. I uh, I don't mind sharing this on the podcast, but the day I watched... Part four, I'm laughing because I can laugh now. Uh, I was watching part four and it was a lot. And I was texting you about it and I was just sitting watching it. And I think the violence in part four made me hurt my back. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, it was too much. Um, but, I, you know, despite sort of the the heaviness of parts three and four, I really enjoyed them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just as much as I enjoyed this whole thing. And um, again, Raul Peck, we said this last time, is just this amazing filmmaker and storyteller, right? Um, and so with that skill, he made this incredible film. And um, I just enjoyed so much about how he tied the I, tied and connected and jam-packed all of this history um, into this this series right um, and how much he centered the experiences of folks most impacted by these violent histories and moments and, mm-hmm. and movements throughout history you know um, so I think that's really um, the reason why I think this this film was so great Um and I think he did a lot of that, as you describe in parts three and four here. Um, I, I learned a lot and I was simultaneously moved by and 
infuriated by um, a lot of what we we saw in these parts of the film and then this this history you know it was for me one of the things that was sort of wild to learn more about was the establishment of the U.S. arms industry back in the 1700s, mm-hmm. uh, for example, right? And to think about the the ramifications of that uh, throughout this country's history and even now, right? And, um, right? and we've had some episodes where we've talked about like the Second Amendment, right? right? So we think about you know, all of that starting back in the, in the 1700s. And then you know, to really think about what Ralph Peck explores in part four, around things like the myth that is manifest death, destiny, right? And, mm-hmm. and how this country's founding is so steeped in evil and, and, and part of its fabric, right? And so um, for me, there was just so much incredible history in the second half of this, of this film. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and so many moments that I think were um, new, yeah. To me, like, yeah. and I talked about that a little bit in the last episode um, with the Spanish Inquisition, but there were a couple moments right. in this one too. Um, you know, it's sort of connecting to that to that history um, that you talked about with the the development of arms. Yeah. Um, and I, I mentioned this too. Um, you know, early on in part three, the documentary talks about the power of those weapons that had been developed by talking about the Battle of Omdurman. Yeah. Um, which was more history that to learn that I hadn't, hadn't known before. Absolutely. Um, so that's a battle between the United Kingdom with support from, um, some Egyptian people, um, because, and connected to, uh, they were fighting the Mahdist Sudan, um, which was a government established in response to the Egyptian rule of Sudan. Um, so the, the point of this is that the battle lasted only a few hours and 12,000 warriors were killed by the industrialized weapons of the UK. Um, And only 48 UK or Egyptian soldiers died. Um, I did some, this is, you know, uh, information pulled from the Wikipedia page about this battle um, because I wanted to sort of dig a little bit more into it. Yeah. Um, But that's, it was a huge shift in how war was waged um, and prompted the title of this part of the documentary series, which is Killing at a Distance. Um, You know, the weapons of the Mahdi Sudan couldn't reach the army of the UK right. at all. Um, so they didn't stand a chance. They, they weren't able to really do much uh, because the UK and Egyptian soldiers had these much more powerful weapons that were allowed them to yes. kill at a distance. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that Raoul Peck said in the film was that none of the soldiers on the UK side expected to die. Um, and then there was a letter um that was sent sent home from a UK soldier um, where he said that he thoroughly enjoyed the outing. And so that's where the second part of that title came from. Um, And um, so, yeah, it was, it was eye opening to see the, this history um, and the ways that weaponry changed and then really advantaged the more powerful, more wealthy, um, nations in those in those moments in those battles absolutely battlefield absolutely yeah it was wild to to see that and to learn that and to understand that and you know as we talk about like or as you talk about the evolution right um of weaponry um and and war really right Mm -hmm. um and what that did um 
throughout history and, 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 and certainly we can make connections to, you know, what we're, what we see in our present day with all of the, uh, the war that happens. Um, so yeah, that was a huge part of this. And I remember thinking of in the beginning of the, of this third part, like, how are we getting to this? Or oh, I thoroughly enjoyed the outing. Like, what is that about? Right. And yeah, I'm glad you shared that story because it's, um, it was a chilling piece of, of this for sure. So that was, that was huge for me. I think there was uh, so much that stuck out to me in, in part three. Um, you know, the, the impact of the intersections of imperialism and migration and colonization and racism, throughout history on the world um, and in the United States too uh, that Raul Peck shared here were, were really fascinating to me, right? And and certainly infuriating, right? It's It was wild to look at those intersections throughout history and to really see those moments where the, the evil just became acceptable, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, so one of, the, one of the things that Raul Peck shared during part of this, uh, part of the series um, where uh, he learned about, we learned about the racism that entered, that either the scientific community helped to spread directly or that folks misinterpreted yeah. uh, was how racism and even genocide became to be seen as a, a byproduct of pro- progress, right? right? And so I just think it's awful to see how that could happen and, and, and how that kind of evil um, could exist within human beings, right? But but we continue to see more genocides and more atrocities throughout the world, right? And so I think, you know, it's important to, to and that's why this film is so important, it's, it's, it's critical that we look at and examine and, and try to understand, uh, again, the impact and the, the intersections of all of these things um, at play. Um, and that was one of the biggest takeaways for me. All of that was so eye-opening, impactful uh, yeah. in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, a piece of part four that stuck out to me is at about the 31st minute. Um, and he says, quote, the Western world is panicking, a delirious spiraling panic, complaining about a clash of civilization, thus displaying the limits of superiority. Privilege makes you vulnerable, and panic, when blended with ignorance and bigotry, creates anger, limitless and blinding anger. Everyone else becomes the enemy. The fortress becomes a prison. Everyone else looking in at you. Mm. Um, And that, I think, speaks so much to the crisis that the West uh, and so-called Western civilization is facing after decades, centuries, really, um, of conquest and colonization and genocides um, and the ways that I think... um, some in some ways there's a reckoning with it right um and in in others it's very um surface level um but there's a i think the little bit of reckoning that is happening is facing such a such a big backlash yes um that it's creating this kind of panic that he's talking about um where you know the the so-called fortress like he says becomes um something that confines us rather than protects us. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's such a great, I don't know, summary of, of, of what is happening. You think about, um, you know, five years ago was, um, Charlottesville. Um, and that they're those, uh, white supremacists marching their connection to this history. Um, 
a probably a prideful way. And yes. all of these different pieces that are that are operating um, right now, uh, it's just it's just a, such a profound way to talk about that and summarize it. Oh, absolutely right. And so much of that quote that you read um, that Ralph Peck shared is, yeah, applicable to so much of our of our fight and so much of what we see happening, mm-hmm. um, even in our, in our present day, but most certainly, um, you know, you can see the connections to all of that in all the history that he shared in this film, right. And the, yeah. um, and the reactions of the powerful, um, and you know, um, to why they did the things that they did. Um, so that's, I'm glad you pulled that. I don't, yeah, I'm glad you drilled down into that quote in particular and shared that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That part four was, yeah, I think one of the most difficult pieces um, and parts of this film. But uh, there was so much jam packed into it. But um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think we could revisit part four. Probably, right? There's so yeah, much in it, yeah. um, and. There, as an example, like there's so much in it about the full scope of the atrocities of of slavery and Native American genocide, right? Um, which you sort of said at the top here, and and Raul Peck juxtaposed all of that with this idea of, and, I, and I'm partially quoting from the film here, quote, how the bid for independence for the United States was nourished by the ideas of freedom, democracy, and equality for all. But these ideas were difficult to reconcile with the reality of dominance of one race over another, much less with genocide, settler colonialism, and empire, Mm. right? And so sort of taking both of these quotes in tandem, right, there's just so much truth that he is is sharing here, right? And there's definitely a lot to consider in that, right? Um, And so that's sort of one piece that I had to sit and grapple with, right? Um, Another, I think, tremendously difficult piece of part four was this idea of how wild it is to think about the ways in which atrocities like forced migration and genocide in one part of the world um, or one place impacted the start and the trajectory of genocide in other parts of the world. Yep. You know, so as the uh, one of the examples in this film was, you know, there's a lot of history shared in the film about Hitler and the Holocaust, right? And there are moments where Raul Peck shares how Hitler was inspired by the genocide and mass murders he saw in places like America and Asia and Africa, right? Um, and all that is just so insane to to know and to to have be the reality of things, you mm. know? Yeah, there's a there's a a very uh, clear connection between. Um, the choices he made and the ways that he chose um, to enact uh, genocide uh, and and the history that came before him uh, right. with, with um, in the U.S. and and in other places around the world um, in in um, African colonies as well. Right. Um, and connected to that, one of the things that I hadn't heard about before this. Um, documentary was the massacre of the Herero people by mm. Germany yeah. um, that started in 1904. Right. Um, and so, you know, thinking about it and, and hearing the story about it, it seemed like they were somehow practicing for what was to come oh. um, on a tribe of African people 30 or so years before the Holocaust started. Um, and it's considered now the earliest genocide of the 20th century. Right. Um, and between um, 
24,000 and 100,000 Herrero people died. Oh, we, we don't know how many. And right. that's a big, that's a, that's a, a large um, uh, um, range yes. of people who potentially died. Um, some people died in battle, but many died through starvation and dehydration um, after being purposefully driven into a desert following a battle. Yeah. Um, and just left there, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, and cut off from resources and stuff. So, um, but others were taken to concentration camps. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's already an established history of genocide uh, in the German government. Um, and, you know, a little surface level Googling tells me that mm. Hitler knew about this yes. um, and took inspiration from it. So, yeah. you know, you talk about the, the other parts of the world, there was also um, it happening to a certain extent at home when you think about leadership being from Germany in this particular case. Absolutely. Well, and that's just another example of why uh, this film is important because I, I too did not know about this massacre. Right. right. And you know, it was at this, this it was beginning of 1904. Right. Mm-hmm. So in, in the grand scheme of our history, that was not that long ago. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, it lasted a couple of years too. So it right. was like this ongoing, um, process i right. guess absolutely yeah. so there's so much in here that um again particularly in part four that i feel like we could spend a whole lot of time with because mm-hmm. there's a lot that i think you know we talked about this that we both learned um from yeah. from this part in particular um but it's important stuff to know absolutely mm-hmm. all right well let's uh shift here talk about some application um, okay talk about how this applies to our day-to-day lives um honestly uh, you know, thinking back to last week, I'm not sure what else to say beyond what I said last week. Okay. Um, so, you know, that was really trying to understand the roles we've all been kind of assigned in colonization and, and violence um, as it has happened. Um, but I think as I think about it a little more, I'm really struck with the last words that Peck says in the documentary, which is, it's not knowledge we lack. It's not knowledge we lack. We know about this history, this legacy of violence. Um, and if it's not that we know about the micro level of individual events, right. Um, we know it on a broader level. We know it on a broader scale. Um, you know, we know the atrocities that were committed to bring us to where we are today. Uh, even if we don't know the, the details of them, um, we know that atrocities had to be committed or must have been committed to get us to where we are today. Um, not that they were inevitable, but yes, they they were they they happened. Um, so yeah, that that's my application. I'm really sort of stuck in what else to even say about that. So. No, but I love it, right? I think there's a lot to reflect on there as you think about right. We don't have to necessarily know about, although we're continuing to learn about the individual pieces of history, right, and the yeah. individual actors and events as part of history right but as he said right it's not knowledge we lack like we we know enough mm-hmm. right um to do something about it and for and to know that it has had an impact um yeah. on the trajectory of our society absolutely yeah i i think everything about this film series <laughs> right has direct application to our our present day, I, I mentioned this in our last episode, I think about the first half of the documentary, but, you know, we know this. We know that this learning work um, and knowing our history is helpful as we try to analyze and tackle, 
you know, the challenges we face today, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and to make those connections between our history and our shared and collective humanities and experiences, right? And so um, one of the things that stood out to me from part four in particular was Raoul Peck asked this question in part four of the film. Um, you know, we spent four long years... <laughs> A few around that, and we're still hearing about this man to this day, right? But having to hear his ridiculous phrase, make America great again, right? And so Ralph Peck asks, when was America great actually and for whom, Mm -hmm. right? And so, um, and that's, I think, just a brilliant question in response to that ludicrous phrase, um, right? And so he also talked about the importance of acknowledging and denouncing the consequences of our history that have an impact on us today, right? And so I think the application of a film like this one reminds us that this country hasn't really ever been great for mm. so many of us, right? Um, and that, and that's why this work that we're engaged in is so important and why we talk about the importance, again, of learning and unlearning work and the effort that that takes and the impact that it has, right? And so... Yeah, I, you know, I think it's probably clear to folks listening how heavy this documentary was if you haven't yeah. seen it, but um, watch it. Please watch it if you can. I think there's so much to learn and to gain from it for sure. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of history. There's a lot of also, I think, um, exposing broader systems mm. um, that happens too. So. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely. All right, let's talk about homework. How do we continue to learn about this or how do we continue to, how do we take some action around it? Okay. Um, and I'm thinking again, back to last week's homework, I mentioned, uh, Lemkin's, uh, work and study about genocide and, and all that that entails. Um, and the HBO site actually has a syllabus for the film, That's um, right. which references books from Roxanne Dunbar Ortiz, Sven Lindquist and, uh, Michelle Rolf Trio. Um, and those were, those are all referenced in the actual film. Too. Yes. It says the name of all of those. Um, but it also points to references about race and enslavement and genocide um, and Haiti and the Congo and the Herero people and, and more. Um, so there's a, a whole list of really great resources to continue to learn about this violent history of, of European and Western colonialism. colonialism. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm excited to check that syllabus out. I saw it, uh, but I didn't get a chance to really spend some good time with it. So I'm excited to do that. And, you know, we'll see what we can take from it and potentially Mm -hmm. explore here for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's, I think for me, there's a lot that we've said this over and over again, there's a lot that we learned from this film. um, And there's certainly more to learn um, for both of us. And, you know, I know we both want to continue to look more into some of the histories and, and moments and, and um, events and experiences that uh, Raoul Peck analyzed in this series. So um, one of the things that I want to do for homework is to, in addition to working through the syllabus that you mentioned, there's the discussion guide that's also on the official documentaries website, yeah. uh, which again is on HBO Max's website. Um, and it's divided into five broad topics that were featured in the series. And so those were white supremacy, colonialism, genocide, slavery and the Haitian revolution and fascism. Right. And so each section 
uh, and topic has a bunch of information and resources and additional learning opportunities to um, explore as part of that. So I'd love to spend some time there and, and you know, see what more learning we can do with that. Yeah, there's um, just I scrolled through that uh, as well as resources really great. It looks like there's um, and one of the organizations that's linked uh, from there uh, where they talk about the 10 aspects of genocide, yeah. I think. Um, but the, the organization that put that together is called the genocide education project. Um, so that could be a great organization to learn more from too, uh, in terms of them being informative and, um, and grounding us in like sort of understanding more about those processes and, and how that even like, it's hard to fathom how it works on a grand scale. Right. Um, on a large scale, I should say. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. So we got to spend some time with both that, mm-hmm. that discussion guide and that syllabus. Yeah, absolutely. All mm-hmm. right. Well, uh, Damon, you're up next time. So uh, <laughs> what are you bringing to the table in our next episode? Well, uh, how do I say this? I'm, I'm bringing nothing. Mm, okay. R- right. Yeah. Um, we are uh, both, as folks know, uh, educators that work in higher education. Uh, and it is now August. We're well into August. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and there's a lot going on at work for both of us. So we're going to take a Uh, a week or two off here uh, and come back at you uh, in a few weeks. And so we will figure out what it is that I'm bringing to the table. I guess I will figure out what it is that I'm bringing to the table uh, in our, in our next episode. And I'm sure we'll share that uh, on our, on our social media. So you can uh, rejoin us then uh, pick up with us where we left off. Um, But we're excited to uh, get back to you in a few weeks. Yeah, so we'll have a new episode out on September 7th. That sounds right. Um, We'll take a couple weeks off and then be back with a fresh episode in your feeds on September 7th. I love it. All right. Uh, Well, we want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. You know what I want you to do, but in case you forgot, please follow, leave a rating and review, share a podcast with people in your life, follow us on social media, sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we have going on behind the scenes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. And we'll talk to you next time. 